This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. African woman is never late to wish everyone an happy new year. And since this is the first episode of the Bold Women on the Move, once again, I'll say welcome, welcome, welcome. It's good to be in your space again. It's good to be here. It's your girl, Morenike Oladeinde on Bold Women on the move and it's the year 2023 wow thank goodness we are here we give god praise for surviving another year and starting a new one already lots of stuff going on i hope everyone is keeping safe without an hectic um last week with uh, lots of flooding in Auckland, in the northern part of New Zealand. Um, I hope everyone is keeping safe. Um, I think there were about one or two deaths, um, such a pity and tragedy. Um, Our hearts felt condolences goes out to those that lost uh, one loved one. And those that have lost lots of, you know, property, you know, you just suddenly have all your things being swept out, swept away by, you know, flood. In fact, I was telling someone during the week that um, if you do not understand the concept of climate, uh, climate change, um, uh, New Zealand, I mean, last week incident um, was a good example that indeed we are all over the world experiencing climate uh, changes. What do I mean um, in the northern part of um, New Zealand, in Auckland and other parts of the country? Um, there was flooding and interestingly, down south, there was massive heat waves. So what other way do you want to, you know, understand the concept of climate uh, change. So, so many things going on. Well, on board women on the move this year, I just feel we should take things easy in this first um, episode of our podcast. And I wanted to keep everybody up to date to what I was up to, you know, last year, uh, in the last month of the year. I was able to take some time off, you know, for a holiday and also was able to um, catch up with uh, my community. So I'm bringing um, that particular event um, that was hosted by my community, the Nigerian Canterbury Association, last year on the 18th of December. So that's what we'll be featuring on board women on the move today. So in today's episode, we will uh, be hearing some of the interviews, uh, some of the guests that were at that event, and um, we'll also be listening to some lovely music uh, from the shores of Nigeria. Perhaps I'm very much sure uh, when I play one or two of this music, you might have heard it on your radio here waves and not perhaps known that it emanated from Nigeria or was sang by Nigerian artists. That is how great we are. Oh, in case you don't know, I'm a Nigerian and I'm proud to be one. So I'm talking about the Nigerian Canterbury Association um, of New Zealand, you know, an incorporated association. This is a registered non-profit organization. And it's an organization or an association that concerns itself, you know, about the well-beings of Nigerians living in Canterbury, all Canterbury region. It focuses on disseminating information and one of the ways it also does is um, also forming a kind of coercion, promoting culture, uh, uh, especially our 
heritage of food, uh, music, and, and areas of the Nigerian culture that most people may not be um, aware about. One of the ways we do this is there is a yearly event that holds here in Christ Church in Canterbury uh, where we celebrate, we come together to celebrate the Nigerian independence. So in case you don't know, Nigeria is a country in West Africa that was colonized by the British. So colonization means the British came and said, oh, you people, you can't rule yourself. You can't take care of yourself. We'll take care of you. So that happened over a long period of time. But thankfully, in 1960, we were given our independence. So the British finally felt we can look after ourselves. So they asked us to be independent. So every year on October 1st, the Niger Nigeria celebrates its independence. So we in diaspora all over the world, places like the United States, places like um, the United Kingdom, other parts of Europe, other part of North America, and here in New Zealand and Australia, we also look for an opportunity to celebrate this. It's just a way of coming together and celebrating our culture and celebrating ourselves and catching up together. One of the highlights of that day, so I'm giving you a heads up if you haven't been to a Nigerian event, is that we have good food. Oh, yummy, yummy good food. In case you don't know, Nigerians have lovely cuisines, lovely food. Um, I'm a lover of food. I'm a foodie. I was a great cook. Um, yeah, in case you don't know. Um, so it's always an opportunity. And of course, at this event, I'm always one of the chefs also that showcase that skill of cooking a Nigerian delicacy. We've got some other amazing, amazing chefs. One of them you'll be listening to in one of the in the interview um, that we'll have later today. The yearly event is usually sponsored. Uh, in the last few years, we've had the support of the Ministry for Ethnic Communities. So we've received funding from them uh, for this event. And so very soon, in the, you'll be listening to the speech by the representative of the from the Ministry for Ethnic Community. So you'll be listening to that speech. We also had... Um, one of um, a notable personality that loves to identify with the African community in the person of the vice chancellor of the University of Canterbury, Professor Cheryl Delaray. Um, she's not a Nigerian. She's from South Africa, but she's an awesome person. Like, I've met her in quite a number of African communities uh, events. So that's the kind of person she is. So you also be hearing us also talking to us in an interview and some other notable members of the Nigerian community. So before we bring up the speech by the representative of the ethnic community, we'll first listen to a music, of course, by a Nigerian artist. But, but.
even as things go, they go my way. Even the days I no get nothing at all. Now me wait, they drive your bus. Now me wait, they drive your keke. Now me where they run around Now me they do the job Um, 
Contrary to what many people believe, women are not for sale in Igbo land. Did you get that? You don't buy a woman. What happens is that the woman, our bride price is actually expensive, but for those of you who are afraid of marrying from Igbo land, let me tell you that the bride price is just the beginning of the debts you owe. So if you marry an Igbo girl or an Igbo woman, you will keep paying for her till she dies. So it is when she dies that you actually finish paying the bride price. So my husband will keep on paying. He will keep paying because everything that happens in my family, he has to pay. And there are different processes. And the first one is that you will meet, you will agree to marry, but then you meet the family and you collect the list. The list is so long. I wanted to show you on the projector, but there's a lot of things you buy. And you are not just buying for the parents of that girl. You are buying for the mother, you are buying for the father, you are buying for the aunties, you are buying for the uncles, you are buying presents for the children in that family. And why are we doing that? And all the other wives in the family, why do we do that? Because it takes a whole community to raise a girl. So you are not just coming to take me from my parents. You are taking me from all of those people that raised me. And you are telling them that you appreciate what they have done. Because I am a treasure. I am valuable. Right. And then another thing that happens is, and, and why do you have to do that? It's because the evil woman is marrying you to stay. She's not going away. And she's someone that is going to add value to your life all the days of your life. She's going to make you better. She is a strong, intelligent powerful woman in her own sense. So that is one thing about us. And then a lot of people tend to believe that bright price makes a woman like an article, but it's not true. Why do we take bright price in Igbo land? We take bright price because, like I said, it shows that you value me, but beyond that, it also tells my family that you are responsible. If you cannot afford bright price, you are a boy, you are not a man. And you need to be able to show my family that you can look after me. So that means you are financially responsible. But beyond that, what do we do with that money? That is what many people don't know. That money is the bride's money. So my family takes that money from that land. But from the backyard, they give that money to me. What happens is that so they get that some money from him, and they buy a lot of gifts for me, add it to whatever he has given, and that empowers me from the beginning. So I'm not going to his house to be dependent. So from the first day in marriage, I'm already a financial guru because my family has empowered me. So in essence, what uh, when we talk about women empowerment, gender equality, I, I used to say people should come to Africa to learn what it means to empower women. Because that is where from your family you are raised to be a powerful woman. And your family has structured the culture in such a way that you can stand your ground as someone who is supporting your husband all the days of his life. And I think it's a beautiful thing that our family members have done for us and I want to educate our young ones who are here. Because uh, our people used to say that only that is if you are not there when they bury the corpse, you will start exhuming from the legs. An insider perspective is always important. So we need to know why we do what we do and how it empowers us as women. So I'm so happy I'm an evil woman, and I'm so happy my husband paid my bride price. Because if he did it, I wouldn't have any face among other women. Thank you everyone, that was really awesome. So, um, she's from the ego pack, and dressed like an ego woman. Um, but I'm actually 
And you don't need to got me to I'll be right beside you In anything that you do If you ever need saving I will be running to you Running, running, running to you I'll be running to you Running, running, running to you Anywhere that you go to Running, running, running to you When I'm looking for trouble, it's cause I know that I got you. One more best everybody, oh, oh, and it's because of your comfort. And anytime that I'm out of control, you never, never let go. So welcome, Professor. <laughs> it's nice to have you at this event, and it's nice to also notice because I think I've come across you among a few events in the African community. Um, what has your experience been, you know, mingling with other Africans in such a far away country? Oh, it's really good to have an opportunity to connect with our African families and to see how well our African families are doing here in New Zealand. Okay, cool. Um, I think for both women on the move, I know we're still going to have another time for a full interview. But what, what is your, like your perspective among the African women that you have you know, met, the migrant African women that you have come across? I've met extraordinary African migrant women who have shown uh, passion for success and they've shown significant resilience and uh, very importantly the will to make a difference in our communities. Thank you very much. Um, just the last one, what would be the advice um, that you want to give to a migrant woman that is still struggling, still trying to find their way in a new country? Don't give up on your dreams. Keep hoping, keep working hard, connect with others, and your dreams will come true. Thank you very much for your time on Board Women on the Move. We'll surely call on you again for a more lengthy um, interview. <laughs> Thank you. So, you are the secretary of the Nigeria and Canterbury yes. for the last two years. Um, what has that experience been like? Uh, it's been quite challenging. Um, it's not easy to manage a group of people and to manage correspondence coming in and going out. But we've been trying. It's challenging, but it's good. It's a good experience and it's a learning curve that we are uh, everyday learning. Every day we get to see new, uh, come across new challenges. But at the end of the day, we try to strive to make sure that we deal with all the problems that come along. Okay, thank you very much. Um, you've put together a beautifully packaged um, Nigerian independence celebration. Um, what has it taken you to put this together? I've actually took time, energy and resources and we are actually very grateful for the, uh, Nigerian, the New Zealand government, the ethnic community who actually provided funding for this particular program. So we invited lots of people and then we cooked lots of food and then unfortunately some of the performers we invited to come couldn't come because of COVID but all good we have, we had a good time and it's really a good event. Okay, and, yeah. okay so what would be that um, 
uh, word that you want to say about the Nigerian community to others that don't know that you know don't know about the Nigerian community? Yeah, there is this stereotype about the Nigerian prince or other bad things about Nigeria, <laughs> but the issue is Nigeria is actually a very lovely country with lots of people and diversity. And uh, for those who are around, they got to find out how marriages happen in Nigeria and our various cultures and things that are done. And of course, we had lots of people from different cultures. We have Indians, South Africans, Kenyans, Ugandans, all came for the event. We also had even Ethiopians and other um, communities were, were present. So it's more like a unifying factor and uh, lots of people were there. So it was a very good event and we are happy that it's ended well. Thank you very much. So this is the secretary of the Nigerian Canterbury Association, Dr. Ali Bewasa. Thank you for your time on both women on the move. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hi, Aileen. Did I get the name right? Aileen, right? Yeah, Aileen. Okay. Nice to have you here on for the Nigerian Canterbury celebration. Um, what sort of support do you think the ethnic community have provided for the Nigerian community to be able to put this event together? Oh, well, I know um, Ossie mentioned the funding, the Ethnic Communities Development Fund plays a big part in um, the community being able to hold events like this, um, but also support in terms of um, advice, suggestions, guidance, um, anything that the community needs, we help with that as well. I know that um, in your role as a community liaison officer, what has that experience been, especially with you know the different ethnic communities you've interacted with within the uh, within Christchurch? Yeah, it's, a, it's been a really great experience. I've really enjoyed it. I've been in the role for about three and a half years now. It's been an honor and a privilege to work with so many different diverse communities and I've met many people from diverse communities that I wouldn't have been able to meet um, if I didn't hold this role. So I'm really very honored to have that role and to be able to work with all of our mandated communities. So what have been the few things that you have learned from interacting with the different ethnic communities, you know? What have been the few things that you have learned? I think the main thing for me is the huge diversity within diversity. Within just the um, Chinese community, for example, there's a huge amount of diversity, languages, culture, um, ethnic backgrounds. Also within the African community, I've learned that as well. Within the Nigerian community, different dialects, um, languages, different culture and ways of being, different dress. Um, so lots of things going on. Yeah. And what would be that word for those community out there that uh, maybe are not aware of the role of the ethnic communities, what would be um, your word to them? I would say jump onto our Facebook page, our website, we have a newsletter where we send out regular updates, um, our LinkedIn page as well, we uh, show a lot of photos and a lot of content on what we're doing, so keep up to date with us there, and also reach out to our, us, the advisors, there are um, four of them in the Christchurch office, so please come and speak to us, we're happy to meet you, have a coffee, catch up, come to the office. You're very welcome to come see us. Thank you very much. And lastly, what, how will you describe your experience at this event? It's been fantastic. I've just had a fantastic meal. Um, very delicious Nigerian food. Very warm hospitality. Um, it's been a very bright, vibrant, fun, energetic event. And it's really inspired me and made me very happy. So thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for coming. And we hope when we invite you another time and when we approach the uh, ethnic community, you will oblige us. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we are with one of the elders in the Nigerian community who is at today's event of uh, the Nigerian Canterbury Association uh, celebration. Uh, welcome, sir. Can we meet you, sir? Oh, my name is uh, Bodhi Akimbo, and I'm in Nigerian, like, like, just like you. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Um, we just want you to tell us a bit about the Nigerian Canterbury Association because we know that you are one of the founding fathers. Yeah, in the Nigerian Country uh, Association came into being a long while ago, probably, if I may say, probably two decades ago. Uh, of course, I wasn't a part of the founding father, but we came to join in the middle. <laughs> Uh, I think those um, it was formed by students majorly then, and uh, students who came for their PhD, and then after study they had to go, so they started handing over to some of us who are here as a, you know, 
residents. <laughs> so I think that is exactly what happened. So, so um, in the few years you have associated with the Nigerian Canterbury Association, what can you be that experience has been like? How can you rate the Nigerian Canterbury Association and Nigerians in Canterbury generally? Um, I will rate the association high because um, just like we've been having in the past, we've been having a you know good get together like this, and you know, and uh, you know, you know, typical of Nigerian and gathering, a lot of African nations they love coming around us, you know, if not for anything, our food. <laughs> I know. They love, they love, they love the food, and they always hang around whenever we are having something. So Nigerian catabolization is a name, especially here at Christchurch. Thank you very much for that. Um, what would you like to tell those who are not aware about Nigerians in Christchurch or the Nigerian Canterbury Association? What is that one or two things that you want to tell them about us? Oh, they should. Probably, if there are people who are hearing of us and who aren't part of us today, they should interact with the internet and check the Nigerian Canterbury Association on the internet they will see us and uh, it's a good thing for us to come together ex especially once a year like this uh, and we still we do have so many of them um, get get together intermittently within the year that we do attend but then uh, they should try get one Nigeria and move nearer to others so that we'll be one thank you very much sir so what's the um, what's your word or ideal about today's events oh it's also it's also yeah, well put together. Yeah, it is well put and together. And you've had a fantastic meal. Of course, also. I've enjoyed myself. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir, yeah, for your time. Cool. Yeah. So we have with us here one of the well-known chefs in the Nigerian community who is always dishing out. If you have attended any of the Nigerian events, you would have come across her. So can we meet you again, ma? Okay, this is Sarah Babalola from the west part of Nigeria. And what is the name of that, your uh, catering services? Okay, that is Niger Cuisine. Thank you very much. Um, she's someone that is passionate about showcasing Nigerian food and culture to New Zealanders. How has that experience been? Uh, it has been amazing. Through my cuisine, I've been able to show our culture, you know, sharing, uh, you know, give love. When you, give, when you cook food with passion, you know, it's like you are sharing, you are showing people your love, you put your heart in it. And it's been diversified and people are trying new things. Most, most Kiwis, they don't, they've never tried Nigerian food before. They are not used, they are used to all this Asian fish and chip, Chinese, mm -hmm. Indians, but now, I think they are getting used to Nigerian cuisine. Thank you very much. Um, how about today's event? What can you say about today's event? Uh, it's colorful. It's, I would say it's same, the same. Yeah. People turn up. We, we have good food. We are, we are laughing. Everyone is excited. It's a kind of a gathering, you know, just to distress yourself, you know, just to relax and have fun. Forget about all the double shit or everything, whatever you is going on is everyone's life. So it's just time to, just time to you know to reflect and calm down and enjoy them. Thank you very much. And you have played a great role in making that um, happen today. Now, what do you have to say to those out there who will be listening to this podcast and have never tried a Nigerian delicacy? Okay. Guys, you are missing out. You need to get out of your shell. Something different from fish and chips. Come and try real food that is full of flavor. It's not really hot. We can control the spiciness. It's yum. It's healthy. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you also for how you have participated in making today an awesome event. Thank of our local yeah. content reflects um, Christchurch, reflects New Zealand in general. But that does not mean if you've been following us for the past two years, you know we've had guests from all over the world. We're just all about women supporting women 
encouraging and showcasing the experiences of migrant women. Wow, I'm sure you listen to that music by Bonaboy. Now, that this just wants me to, I want to use that to wrap up. Um, we'll still listen to some excerpts of... Um, interviews uh, from some selected members of the Nigerian community that have awesome things to say. I'm sure one of the things you must have listened to this saying is talking about music in Nigeria. Um, in case you don't know, um, Afropop is a big eat in Nigeria. And this is something that has um, given the Nigerian youth a hope. When you look at the Nigerian population, I think the youth population um, takes a higher percentage. And so um, we are all about, you know, talking about the future, developing uh, the country. And there is this image about the Nigerian youth, um, um, a, a a rather sordid, um, twatted image um, that the Nigerian youths are fraudulent. The Nigerian youths, um, some some certain phrases have been used to to describe us, like 419ers. You know, they call it 419. You know, fraudulent practices. Um, you know. Um, as this may be true, because when you have a population of almost 200 million and you have a greater percentage being youth, of course, you know, there is that tendency to have um, the bad elements, you know. But please, um, it's not nice to use that to generalize everyone from Nigeria, because I can boldly tell you I'm a Nigerian youth, okay? And there are quite a number of Nigerian youth that are doing awesomely. And talking about music, I don't know how many of us have heard of the name like Bonaboy. I've heard of the name like Fela, uh, Fela Kuti. Um, and also, you know, he has a son. Fela Kuti is dead, but you have a son also like Femi Kuti that have, you know, taken off his song, his music. These are people that have showcased African culture, African heritage. Nigerian culture, Nigerian heritage in their music. And they've shown that in spite of whatever may be the challenges, because when you look at the average um, Nigerian youth and you compare them to some developed countries of the world, there is a possibility that they may not have as many opportunities as some, I mean, as some youth living in some developed part of the world. Maybe if some youth living in um, established democracies like uh, New Zealand, or America or maybe the UK. It's not that those places too don't have their challenges, you know, with the youths. They do. But what I'm saying in essence is that there are lots of youths in Nigeria making giant strides within Nigeria and also across the, go the globe. In the field of entertainment, in the field of information technology, wow, massive, massive, massive. I hear that um, Google uh, Microsoft, uh, some of the top uh, technology web builders are, are working in those um, organizations are Nigerian. These are, you know, there are lots of software being developed by Nigeria. So Nigerian youth are doing amazing, amazing things and they are making um, giant strides or strides all over the world. So there's a lot for us to, to be proud of and um, it was a great time to have come together um, on the 18th of December to uh, spend some time to um, have fun, uh, invite some friends from other communities like the Chinese community, the Fijian community. They all came together and we all had an amazing time um, celebrating. So to wrap up the show today, we will be listening to the music of one of the greatest legend that ever came out of, the musical legend that ever came out of the shores of Nigeria and Africa in general, and that is Fela Ransom Kuti. So we'll come your way again on Board Women on the Move. It is bye for now. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, Milo Malo. 
Ra di 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 ra di